Welcome in, guys. Farzine Vasugin here with you on a Red Friday. Not the happiest of Red Fridays, but that's okay. We're still going to go with it because uh, we got no other way of doing it anyway. Uh, it is it is uh, quite the day for a lot of Chiefs haters. Uh, that's okay, though. It's just week one. We will get through this. We will talk about it. We This is your therapy here on the Chiefs zone uh, after a loss. Uh, apologize for not doing a live stream after the game. Uh, so I was at the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I know I lied about it. Uh, that's okay, though. You guys will forgive me. Um, yeah, uh, there are uh, there are some things to go over for sure in this game. Uh, I uh, saw the game, obviously, in person, went home and watched it immediately, specifically the second half. I, I skipped the first half. Um, because as nice as the first half was, specifically the second quarter, a lot of that really doesn't matter considering how things went in the second half. So this is um, this is definitely one of those situations where if you're a Chiefs fan, you have a lot of questions. There are a lot of things that need to be addressed. Uh, we'll go over the uh, these um, these things. We'll talk about how the Chiefs did without uh, Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. Uh, what could have changed maybe with those guys? Uh, some of the criticism about Andy Reid and the offensive coaching staff in this game. Obviously, Kadarius Tony getting a lot of uh, talk today. Uh, someone that's getting even more talk today is Chris Jones because he was present at the game with his agents. Yeah, uh, um, that's oh boy. You know, for, for the reigning Super Bowl champions, there sure are a lot of headlines about the Chiefs today. Uh, following a loss, so uh, that's always great. We will we will talk about it. Um, we will uh, we will talk about it. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, Lions fans, shout out to you guys. You guys showed up to Arrowhead. There were a lot, there was a, I saw a lot of blue there, and it was not Royals blue. It was not KU blue. It was Detroit Lions blue, uh, and a lot of it. So props to you guys, and props to all the Lions fans on the Facebook page commenting and. Uh, letting me hear it on the Facebook page. I deserve it. I deserve it. So no doubt about it. Uh, I love all the Lions fans who are like, oh, you're not saying a single word yet. Other people are saying, dude, you're setting a record for most Facebook posts in a day. Uh, I, I love that dynamic. I love how that shit works sometimes. But uh, shout out to all the Lions fans. You guys won. You guys deserved it. You guys wanted it more. So big ups to you guys. All right. Uh Let's talk, shall we? Uh, by the way, for those of you listening uh, on the podcast version, uh, appreciate it. If you guys haven't done so, subscribe to the Chief Stone podcast. If you're listening uh, and watching live on Facebook and on YouTube, please comment below. Let me know your thoughts on anything I'm talking about. I will get to your guys' comments uh, later and throughout the podcast. I do want to hear from you guys. Uh, I know Chiefs fans have a lot to say. Uh, a lot to say. So we will get into it. Before we move forward, I want to let you guys know this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Football season is back. Uh, not in the best way for Chiefs fans last night, but that's okay. It's just one game. 
Uh, yes, it is just one game and plenty of more NFL action left to go. So if you want to get to an NFL game, or maybe not an NFL game, but you want to go to a college football game, we still got some baseball games left. Baseball playoffs are coming up. If you guys plan on going to a baseball game, uh, whatever it is you guys want to attend, go to SeatGeek.com, get yourself some tickets. And by the way, when you're checking out which seats are available, it'll give you a green dot if the price is right. So click, make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. And before you check out, use my promo code Farzine for $20 off at SeatGeek. So go to SeatGeek.com, get yourself some tickets, go to a football game, sporting event, concert, whatever it is you want to go to, and use my promo code Farzine for $20 off at SeatGeek.com. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I see you guys in the comments. Um, you guys have a lot to say, and I already, uh, listen, I've got, I've got to run down here. Um, I, I have notes of everything I want to go over here. Um, let me start with the defense, because first of all, everyone thought that this was going to be a shootout, including me. And defensively, are, are there, are, are there a lot of things to work on? Yes. Did they play better than expected? Yeah, by far much better than expected. This defense only allowed two touchdowns. That's it. Uh, nothing more. The defense is only responsible for 14 of the 21 points that the Lions scored in this game. If you told me, I'm going to say this right now. If you told me yesterday before the game, Farzine, the Lions are only going to score 14 points on offense. First of all, I would have called you an idiot. I would have said to hell they're only going to score 14 points. But if that's really what was going to happen, the Chiefs have to win this game. You cannot lose if the Lions are only going to put up 14 on offense. Um, obviously, they got more than that because of the pick six, and I'll get to that later. But my point is, I think Kansas City really... Um, I mean, this was a, a an opportunity to come through and win, given the struggles the Lions had in this game. It wasn't perfect for the Lions, but they won, and that's all that matters at the end, end of the day. Um, and obviously, you know, they'll address all of their woes, and the Chiefs had some positives. They'll build off that, and, and there were a lot of... Uh, a lot of struggles, obviously, in a loss, the struggles outweigh the uh, the positives. So there's uh, there's a lot um, to uh, to go over here. But if you told me that the Lions were only going to score 14 points on offense and the Chiefs would lose, I, I would have had I, my my next question was going to be, well, did Patrick Mahomes not play? Um, because if 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 given that scenario, which obviously ended up being true. Uh, there are some things to work on offensively. Let me just say this right now to start off. Um, I don't think the Chiefs lost this game because they didn't have Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. Could Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey have helped the team to the point where the Chiefs could have won the game? Yes. Well, Farzine, how can you say that and also say they didn't lose because of Kelsey and Jones not being there? Okay, that's a good question. I'll get to that. The reason I feel this way First of all, the Chiefs' defense—they, like I just said, they—they—they they, they, they only allowed 14 points. Yeah, they allowed 368 yards of um, of offense for, uh, from the uh, Lions, but they only scored—they uh, only scored two touchdowns. The Chiefs 
uh, as far as their absence with Kelsey, could it have changed things? Yes. But the Chiefs still had an opportunity to win in the end without Kelsey. And you have these wide open drops. And that's not going to help. I don't care if you have Kelsey there. I don't care if you have Kelsey and Tyreek Hill on the field. If you're dropping passes, which, by the way, we saw this in Super Bowl 55, you're not going to win games. And I said this uh, on social media last night, and I heard Jason Anderson of uh, Sports Radio 810 say the same thing on his show today. The second half of the game last night reminded me a lot of Super Bowl 55 where Mahomes was putting the ball in places where he needed to put them, and he was not getting helped from his pass catchers. He just wasn't. Uh, Jawan Taylor, yeah, he's he's got some things to work on. The, um, the criticism around Jawan Taylor is interesting. Um, I will get to that as well. Forgot to put that in the rundown, but I just remembered that. He definitely, I mean, I, I guess there are some, some things to work on there with Jawan Taylor. Um and uh, we'll touch on that later on as well. By the way, uh, for those of you coming in late to the uh, to the live stream, welcome. Appreciate you guys joining me. Uh, please, uh, if you guys have a question, if you guys have thoughts, hot takes, whatever it is, uh, please comment below, and I will uh, get to those later on. Uh, I'm going to spend the first few minutes because we did not do a recap podcast last night. This podcast um, is a Chiefs and Lions recap podcast. It's also a Red Friday live chat. I've said many times the Red Friday live chats are not going to be on the podcast, uh, but given the uh, the fact that this was a Thursday night game, we didn't do a, uh, I, I did a short live stream last night in the car while I was waiting for Arrowhead traffic to die down. But um, uh, very rare occasion, this uh, Red Friday live chat will be on the podcast because this is also, we're, do, we'll do it, we're doing a Chiefs versus Lions in a Red Friday live chat simultaneously. So a uh, very rare event where a Red Friday live chat is going to be part of our uh, podcast. So I uh, just wanted to make that clear. Um, I lost my train of thought here. But in general, I, I don't think uh, Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey not being there was the reason why the Chiefs lost. The Chiefs lost because the offense just did not play like they wanted to win. They just didn't. Um, the drops, crucial. Uh, there were many times where Mahomes and the receivers were not in sync. Uh, a couple of times trying to connect with Sky Moore. Uh, the crisscross route where Moore got in KT's way. Uh, you can't have those things happen. Now, I don't know if that was on Mahomes or if that was on the receivers with the route running. Uh, Mahomes did have a couple of passes I did not like. Two of them to Sky Moore. One was one, uh, one where he escaped pressure and threw it to Sky Moore, but was too high. Got to bring it down a little bit. And then another one also to Sky Moore where it was behind the back shoulder. A damn near impossible catch to make. And even if he turns around and makes that catch in uh, with, with quick uh, speed, uh, there's no way to be able to turn back around again and be able to gain yardage in that because it was a quick pass. So the defense is already right there. Um, and then he had another pass that was like in danger zone. Um, that's it. That's, that's, that's my criticism of Patrick Mahomes in this game. Uh, but, but, but overall this loss wasn't on the defense. It wasn't on Chris Jones and, and Travis Kelsey not being there for the team uh, playing in that game. It's because the offense, um, 
they just did not play well. They started slow, and I said they would start slow in this game. And after the Lions got off to a 7-0 lead, the Chiefs took over in the second quarter with two touchdowns to Rasheed Rice. By the way, I did not see anyone complaining about Rasheed Rice. A lot of people already called him a bust because of those three drops uh, in the preseason a week and a half ago. So uh, that narrative changed pretty quickly. And also Blake Bell, next man up, right? And uh, he... Um, he obviously scored the second touchdown for the Chiefs. It was a last touchdown, unfortunately, the Chiefs had in this game. So the Chiefs are up 14-7 at halftime, and, and I'm feeling pretty good about this because the Chiefs are going to get the ball to open up the second half. But they punt after a short five-play drive. Then they go three and out. Uh, um, the Lions, that is. So Kansas City gets the ball back, but... On a short, by the way, before I get into the pick six, the Lions often struggle a lot in the second half. They had six drives, five of them went for six plays or less. And I'm including the final drive of the game where it just ended in downs, uh, where they got a first down and then they just took a knee to um, finish out the game. Uh, they only had one scoring drive in the entire second half. That's it. Uh, they were still moving the ball very well. Um, and the Chiefs had some issues, but they only had one scoring drive that entire second half. Uh, but after the Lions three and out, um, the Chiefs have a three play drive that ends in a pick six. And again, Kadarius Tony, uh, the ball was right in his hands. And I compared this to Super Bowl 55, where, you know, uh, you're just you're you're throwing the ball where you need to throw it. If you're Patrick Mahomes. There's nothing more Patrick Mahomes could have done in this football game other than uh, throw it right in his hands. Uh, you always hear it, you know, throw it between the numbers, that kind of thing. Uh, in this case, and I'm trying to pull up the picture here because, um, man, that was uh, that was pretty hard to watch. And I just got it here. So bear with me. Um, this one was uh, pretty hard. And I will say this. When I went home to rewatch the game, it was pretty damn hard to watch those um those passes drop get dropped right there. See, look at that. I, I know so many people love to... This was before Super Bowl 57, but a lot of people love to bag on Mahomes. Oh, well, this guy's had two terrible Super Bowls. Okay, what did you want him to do in Super Bowl 55? The guy that was playing with a junior varsity offensive line... Tyreek Hill was dropping a pass in the end zone. Daryl Williams dropped a pass in the end zone, and that's the one where Mahomes was damn uh, horizontal with his body and threw it in the end zone. No quarterback can do what he does. Um, and again, I, I get like all these chiefs haters. Oh, uh, you, you love to praise Mahomes like he's God. Well, do you see the guy and how he plays? L let me say this about Patrick Mahomes because, okay, you guys get the idea. I know you guys don't want to see that picture anymore. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of the games where Patrick Mahomes Hurt the Chiefs. Um, number one game that comes to mind, the AFC Championship game against the uh, the Bengals. Um, uh, the second half, Mahomes just played like complete shit. He just did. Um, the loss to the Titans, that was a blowout. That was the one in 2021 where the Chiefs got off to a really weird start. And also in 2021... The game against the uh, the first half against the Washington Commanders, where Mahomes just had a horrendous first half. Um, now, part of it was because, again, we mentioned this guy's name before. Tyree Kill had a ball go right off his hands and went for a pick near the end zone. Um, 
but, but he also had another horrid, horrible pick uh, that he threw. And he even said uh, after the game, it was a stupid interception that he threw. But uh, that's it. Those are the only th- I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting one, maybe two more games. But I cannot think of a lot of games where Patrick Mahomes has hurt the Chiefs. Okay, like all the other games, including the uh, Super Bowl 55 loss, Patrick Mahomes has put the Chiefs in position to win. Like there's nothing more Mahomes could have done in any of these other games where you look at him and think, man, this is just we got to we got to get someone new. No, he's had a few bad games. So has Tom Brady. So has Peyton Manning. So has Drew Brees and any other quarterback that's in the Hall of Fame right now. Uh, obviously, Mahomes. Listen, even if Mahomes, like God forbid, if he has a, uh, a season, a career ending injury, uh, if his career is over today, this guy is in the Hall of Fame. No ifs uh, or buts about it. He's 100% guaranteed in. Um, but obviously, he's got a lot more to accomplish in the league. Uh, this whole situation with the Chiefs and lack of help, well, a lot of people f- brought up last night, DeAndre Hopkins probably could have made a difference. Well, why couldn't you get DeAndre Hopkins? Well, unfortunately, Chris Jones, who's at the game, and I don't want to get into that right this moment, he kind of held up the Chiefs, preventing them from being able to get Hopkins because in order to get Hopkins, you have to restructure or extend, rather, Jones first and then be able to make that deal. But unfortunately, that was um, you were not able to do that. Uh, so that pick six definitely uh, made a uh, made a difference in the game. Uh, but the Lions, again, they're not doing a whole lot. The Chiefs, however, uh, after exchanging punts, uh, the Chiefs go out there and have back-to-back eight-play drives. Unfortunately, both of them ending in field goals. So the Chiefs in this game, not only did they have multiple chances in the end to win, they had chances early to go up by at least two possessions, and they could not do that. Um, The Lions obviously get their touchdown. Uh, When the Chiefs uh, have an opportunity late, um, I think it was after the fourth down. Let me... um, let me just pull this up because I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to mix this up here. Uh, let's uh, pull this up real quickly. Oh, good news! Uh, Ex NFL wide receiver Mike Williams remains responsive after um, being on uh, on life support, so he's off life support. So that's good. I I didn't get a chance to talk about that on the podcast, but I um, I just got the notification for that, so uh, that's good to hear. Uh, but looking at the uh, the drive chart uh, from last night's game. Uh, the cheat, the, the Lions got a touchdown. So the Chiefs get the ball back with a chance to try to take the lead because they're only down by one. So obviously you don't tie it and that's, it's impossible to do. So you have a chance to go out there, uh, take some time off the clock and try to win the game. They didn't, they punted back. The Lions had a, f- um, a five play drive, including a failed fourth down conversion. Thank you, Justin Reed for coming through and batting that pass down to give the Chiefs a chance. Well, unfortunately, the Chiefs only went backwards on that drive, um, mainly due to penalties. Uh, they had the holding call, uh, the drop, uh, and then the false start. And so they ended up, they were going to try to go for it on fourth and 25, but the false start on, uh, I, I can't remember who it was. The holding call was on Donovan Smith. Um, but the uh, the false start penalty, that was on Jawan Taylor and so the Chiefs go back uh, five yards. Yeah, the two new offensive tackles 
Um, unfortunately, uh, not good uh, on that uh, set of ser- on that series. Uh, I thought Donovan Smith in general played well. Jawan Taylor got to be better. Kind of looked like Andrew Wiley. Hate to say it, but he did. <laughs> Um, there were also some things that he was doing that people were upset about, and I'll get to that shortly, but, um, the final drive the chiefs had uh, the last two drives, you know, you have seven plays and none of them are for first downs. Okay. Sure. They got one to, to um, to sky more, but it was called back due to a holding penalty. So it doesn't count. The chiefs did not move the change on the uh, the chains, excuse me, on those seven plays uh, from two drives down by one. There was no sense of urgency from the Chiefs in that situation right there. And you got to be better than that. You you've got to play like like you want to win. You have to play like you know the, the season's on the line. I mean, obviously this is not the worst loss in the world. Uh, although you want to open the season, set the tone right. Uh, but it is a non-conference loss, ultimately, uh, which isn't going to hurt the Chiefs too much. But man, uh, there were opportunities to win in the end. There really were. And the Chiefs, not only did they fail, they didn't even come close to at least giving Harrison Butker a chance uh, to get to get close within field goal range. I mean, they just could not move the football on those last two drives in which they only had seven plays. So there's a lot the Chiefs need to work on with their um, with how they do at the end of games. You look at the two losses last year against the, uh, the Bills and the Colts, um, where the Chiefs did have the ball to, they had a chance to either tie or win, and Mahomes threw an interception in both of those. Now, Mahomes got better about that as the season went on. But, you know, generally speaking, and listen, obviously Mahomes, his uh, success rate is never going to be 100% on these things. He'll he'll lose some of these situations. But it just seemed like last night, you know, with the game on the line, Mahomes always does well. Um, the Chiefs didn't even get come close to having a chance to try to win the game and, and get into field goal range. That, to me, I, I think is what's frustrating the most. When you have um, Kadarius Toney, uh, you know, wide open, uncovered, and just drops it. If the Chiefs, let's the seven plays on those two drives, let's say, um, you know, if the Chiefs were throwing the ball and everybody was just covered and Mahomes could not get anyone wide open, okay, fine. I would, we could sit here and say, okay, hey, the Lions played great defense. Uh, but that was not the case. You know, the Lions' defense didn't do anything to shut down the receivers. It was mainly the Chiefs shooting themselves in the foot. And listen, um, that, that's not to take credit away from the Lions. I hate when people do this. Mike Tirico said something utterly stupid, in my opinion, um, taking credit away from the Lions. When you win, you fucking win in the, in the league, okay? You go on the road on their banner night and you win. That is all that matters. Um, that's it. Uh, and give credit to Detroit. But at the same time, you know, the Chiefs did shoot themselves on the foot in this game. And they've got to be much better than that. Uh, they've got to be much better. Uh, it just was not a good look for... Um, for the way uh, the, the the Chiefs pl- showed up in the second half, um, the, the, this team they have they have found a way to win a lot of these games in the second half, coming back or tying games. I mean, that's what Mahomes has been known for the most is his ability to put on a, a superhero cape 
and make shit happen in the in the late stages of a game. Unfortunately, um, it didn't. It, it, Mahomes did find guys wide open, but uh, he uh, unfortunately had to deal with drops, penalties, and that uh, that's never going to help uh, any team at all. It doesn't matter how good you are. Um, again, I'm going to say what I said last night and today. The Chiefs did not lose this game because Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey were absent. That's just not, I, I'm not, you, I, I don't agree with that. Uh, again, they could have helped, but the Chiefs, even with the pick six, the Chiefs still had a chance to win the game in the end uh, with Kadarius Sony on that wide open first down play. Um, and even on that fourth and 25, you know, you still had a chance to win. Mahomes found Sky Moore right there. The ball went through his hands. Um, and by the way, that fourth and 25, a lot of people, the media, because there was what, 206 or 207 left with three timeouts left in the Chiefs' pockets. Um, a lot of people are saying, why didn't you punt the ball? Well, first of all, the Chiefs obviously went for it. They couldn't stop the Lions. So I think Andy Reid was proven right to go for it on fourth and 25. Punting the football would not have changed anything. Someone saying, oh, well, the, the Lions uh, would have had more of the field to deal with. That, that doesn't matter. Um, the Lions would have still ran the ball. And because they were running so well in the fourth quarter, I mean, the Chiefs defense was gassed. Even though they made some stops, um, they were at a point now where they were gassed. The Lions ran more plays. They had more first downs. They had more time of possession. And that's, you know, that you got to consider the fact that they lost uh, a possession because of the pick six. So the Chiefs had one more opportunity than the Lions in this game in terms of total drives. And... Uh, you know, the defense, well, what more could you have asked from them in this game? Uh, there's a point where they get tired as well. And again, because the Lions lost the possession, uh, they still won the time of possession battle. Um, and you just can't put your defense in that situation over and over again. I think the defense already gave the Chiefs plenty of opportunities. Um, and again, on that fourth and 25 play, Mahomes hit Sky Moore right there. Um and that could have, you know, still done something to lead you through and um, and try to move the ball. And listen, let's say they did punt. It would have taken more than seven seconds. So uh, you would have lost a two minute warning anyway. I know when you're down and you're on defense, you like to treat the two minute warning like a like an extra timeout. Um, but the Chiefs would have lost that because it would have been uh, less than uh, or more than seven seconds, I think. Uh, I mean, generally punts last longer than that, don't they? Uh, let's see. Some of the reactions uh, last night. Uh, I'm already... Uh, listen, it's one game. A lot of people want Kadarius Tony gone. Did you already forget what this guy did for you in the Super Bowl? Um, the, the, the touchdown, the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. I mean, where are we now in society where... One bad game is now, you know, again, you know, there were some Chiefs fans calling Rasheed Rice a bust because he had three drops in uh, in the preseason finale. Like, come on, man. I still remember Tyree Kill looked 
horrible in his last preseason game. He had three drops in that one. I don't, I don't have NFL Plus, and I don't know if NFL Plus gives you the capability of going back to past preseasons. If you can, go look up that last preseason game, Tyreek Hill's rookie year, 2016. Uh, I think it was against the Packers. He dropped three passes in that one. And, and I was thinking, you know, how is this guy going to do in, in the regular season? Well, obviously, great. Um, so, you know, people are so quick to want to judge and cut someone because of one bad game. I still trust Kadarius Sony. Does he need to step up? Hell yes, he does. Um, not saying he, he shouldn't, but uh, man, to, to jump on a guy for one bad game. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't agree with that. Another thing I don't agree with again uh, we, we have this one game overreaction. I'm already seeing Chiefs fans compare Eric Bieniemy to Matt Nagy. And oh boy, did we make a mistake? Should we have kept EB? Should we have paid him more? Are we doomed without EB? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> guys, it's one game. It's one game. And I, listen, I think EB's great. And I hope he does great things in Washington. And I think he will. But, man, you guys are acting like Matt Nagy's never had any success with the Chiefs before. Matt Nagy was a good OC, um, which led him to getting a head coaching job. And he won Coach of the Year with Mitchell Trubisky as his quarterback with no help from that Chicago front office. So I think he knows what he's doing. Uh, I think. I think. I am not an expert, obviously. I'm not a journalist. Some of you guys think I am. Um, but I'm confident in, uh, in KT. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, one bad game does not dictate how someone's going to do. The, uh, KT played great last year when he came in. He picked up the offense faster than Josh Gordon did during his time in Kansas City. Um, nobody was saying cut KT then, but today one bad game and people are done. I don't agree with it, man. I just don't. Uh, another thing I don't agree with the jet sweep on third and literally an inch and a half, maybe two inches. What are you doing? Um, the tight end sneak. Uh, and I know they didn't run a tight end sneak, but they they had, uh, I think it was Blake Bell who lined up uh, under center. Uh, it doesn't really matter who it was. But um, what did I say in the preseason when the Chiefs had a failed tight end sneak attempt against the Saints? I said, folks, we got to bring back the quarterback sneak. Patrick Mahomes, and please hear me out on this. Patrick Mahomes had a freak accident that never happens in the history of the sport. In all of high school football, college football, NFL, how many times have you seen a quarterback get injured on a QB sneak? Uh, the only one I can think of is the one with Patrick Mahomes. And that's the week he was already dealing with a knee injury. So that's on Andy Reid for even running that play. Uh, which you shouldn't have done. But oh, let me just say this, because back in August when the Chiefs ran this uh, uh, or ran the failed tight end sneak and I said, you got to bring back the quarterback sneak. Oh, no, Farzine, how dare you say this? That is so dangerous. We can't risk Mahomes like that. Folks. Mahomes scrambling, I mean, there's a higher risk of him suffering an injury while running 
than a quarterback sneak. I don't know if you guys recall this in the game yesterday. Patrick Mahomes was scrambling, and at one point, a defensive lineman, and it was a legal hit because Mahomes was still on his feet, a defensive lineman drilled Patrick Mahomes from the back. That's what she said, by the way. Uh, I know someone was going to comment with that, so I'll just go with the preemptive comment there. Um, Someone just nailed Patrick Mahomes from behind. And... I, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, we're, we're having this discussion about bringing back the quarterback sneak and people are still too scared to do it. Patrick Mahomes, you know, when he gets sacked, when he tries to run uh, himself, he has a higher risk of suffering an injury doing those things than a quarterback sneak. Mahomes just dropping back and running around in the pocket trying to escape pressure. He has a higher chance then of getting hurt than a quarterback sneak. Let's not forget something, guys. Patrick Mahomes is not a wimp. He's just not. Um, This guy played through the entire, almost the entire playoffs with a bad ankle. It sounds like Kurt Angle won won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl with a broken freaking ankle. Okay, maybe it wasn't broken, but you get the idea. So... I don't understand why Andy Reid's so afraid of it. I don't understand why so many Chiefs fans are afraid of it. Um, I saw Nate Taylor put out a column today that the Chiefs are doing a disservice uh, and not having him run the uh, run the quarterback sneak. I agree. I agree. Like, you have easily the toughest quarterback in the NFL. One of the bigger quarterbacks in the NFL. So, you, you know... What what are you what are you afraid of? Because you had a one freak accident back in 2019. I mean, come on, man, that was a long time ago, and it feels like forever ago because the pandemic happened since then. So it feels like even longer ago. But you get the idea. That happened way too way too long ago to the point where it's like, how much confidence do you lack that you worry that your tough quarterback? is going to get hurt on a quarterback sneak when all the running around he does puts him at a higher risk of getting hurt. I don't understand the fear of this. I just don't. I see a couple of you guys commenting, oh, Andy Reid won't do it. Well, then why is Patrick Mahomes on the field in in the first place? Like, if you're so afraid of Patrick Mahomes getting, Patrick Mahomes has a higher chance of suffering an injury, driving a car and getting to an accident than on a quarterback sneak. Uh, God forbid, I I don't want, I'm not saying that, Will happen, hopefully not. But my point is, you know, I mean, just even like going down the steps at home, okay, that's more dangerous than a quarterback sneak. Like you could easily trip going up and down the stairs. A quarterback sneak, and by the way, I haven't even mentioned the the best part about this yet. You have the best interior offensive line in football. You have Creed Humphrey. You have Trey Smith. You have uh, Joe Tooney. Uh, How scared are you? So that's number one with the um, with the court, the tight fake tight end jet sweep whatever horrible play call and to being too scared to run the quarterback sneak. Okay, now let's throw the quarterback sneak out the door. It's third and inches. How afraid? What's the lack of confidence in the running game? I mean, you didn't even give the ball to Isaiah Pacheco. Or Jarek, Jarek, I don't think, even think Jarek McKinnon had a um, had a uh, carry in this game. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, okay, I, I thought he showed a little bit of toughness in the second half. I, I think he did. I know he's a guy that a lot of people have criticized, me included. But 
man, what are you doing? Not running the ball with your running backs. What have we talked about with Isaiah Pacheco? The, this entire offseason, the biggest takeaway from Isaiah Pacheco from his rookie campaign, dude, this guy is tough. And you look at the running backs the Chiefs have had, some really good running backs in past years, guys like uh, Mike Garrett, um, Joe Delaney, Christian Okoye, um, uh, uh, who, who's the guy from the uh, the Raiders, Marcus Allen, Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, Jamal Charles, Kareem Hunt. They're all great running backs, but the thing, the, the first trait about all of those running backs, no one talks about their toughness. When you look at Isaiah Pacheco, this guy's got an incredible speed too. He had the fastest 40 time in the draft, uh, coming into the draft last year, but his speed is not the number one thing you think about when you think about Isaiah Pacheco. You think about the toughness, the way the guy runs, uh, like he's the Incredible Hulk. Um... Man, you don't even give that guy an opportunity on third and short. How much confidence does Andy Reid and the coaching staff have in their running backs? I mean, it's got to be pretty low if you're not going to run a quarter, or, uh, run a, run the ball with your running backs. Um, I think that to me, here's the thing: like, obviously, you have the, um, you have the. Um, you have the quarterback sneaks uh, thing. You have the. Um, you have the uh, the the bad play call with the jet sweep. You have all of these things, okay? And then the drops. Well, if you're having a bad day with with the passing game, run the damn ball. Um, how many times did the Chiefs run in this game? Uh, let me quickly look that up because it wasn't a lot. Uh, they ran the ball eight times with Isaiah Pacheco, six with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And by the way, neither one of them did great. Edwards Alaire had uh, three, 3.7 yards per carry. It's not terrible, but it should be better. Uh, Pacheco had 2.9 yards per carry. That is low. That is very low. Uh, Mahomes was your leading rusher. Uh, six runs for 45 yards, uh, which, again, not good. And you look at the 45 yards Mahomes had running. His best pass catcher uh, was Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He had two catches for 48 yards. Um that's three more receiving yards than Mahomes had rushing yards. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, again, Kelsey probably could have changed that a lot. Uh, but again, I still stand by everything I said. I, this loss is not because Travis Kelsey was not uh, available. This was because the uh, offense was just, they didn't play like they wanted it in the second half. Um, yeah, I, listen, the whole tight end sneak. Uh, let me say this about Andy Reid. Because he is a very creative guy. I think he did a great job with the tight end sneak and the jet sweep and the shovel passes. Those are some creative things that other teams in in the NFL and in college have tried to copy. Um, some of them have tried to do it and it's failed. Some of them uh, have been able to make it work. Um, but no one falls for that anymore. Okay, There is this thing called game film. I know Andy Reid knows what this is. And I know Andy Reid knows that other coaches know about this because other coaches, if you people don't realize this, coaches spend a ridiculous amount of hours, okay, at the training facility uh, studying game film. Though I mean, listen, these coaches ha seriously have no life. They do not spend a lot of time with their families during the season. So what they're doing is they're spending like after practice, they're looking at a bunch of tape and trying to figure out which ones do we show to the players in the team meetings. 
in the film room um, because you have to study your opponents, right? So you go through the preseason, you go through past games. If someone's uh, uh, if someone has an offensive coordinator that came from the college ranks, well, then you got to go watch those games. Um, I mean, there's a lot of studying to do from the coaching staff, and it's hours and hours uh, upon game film study. But there are more ways to be creative. Why, you know, remember those end around plays, uh, wide receiver reverse plays. Um, uh, I don't know what the, what the exact name of it is, uh, but the one where you you have someone uh, snap the football, you hand it to a running back, and the running back hands it to a receiver. I think that's an end around. I, we, we don't really see those anymore. Um, and then maybe you toss it back to a quarterback, and all of a sudden it's a passing play, uh, kind of like a flea flicker, right? Uh, the Wildcat. We, I, do we see the Wildcat anymore? I feel like we don't. My point is this. Um, I'm sure Andy Reid with the Wildcat end around flea flicker, um, uh, uh, run reverse plays, uh, misdirections. I'm sure Andy Reid can find a way to try to revolutionize those types of play. He found ways to do it with the jet sweep, the tight end sneak, the shovel pad, like we was things that we haven't seen before. So I think we can find a way uh, for Andy Reid to do that with some of those other plays I mentioned, like the Wildcat reverse uh, misdirection, uh, flea flicker, Wildcat, all those things. Um, I, I think Andy Reid's capable of it. Uh, I think it's time to get creative and start doing things that we haven't seen before. Um I, I just feel like the Chiefs kind of telegraph some of their plays and make it uh, a bit too obvious at times. So uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, it was just uh, tough to tough to watch. Uh, let's see. Okay, the Jawan Taylor thing. So I was at the game. And by the way, a lot of you guys have asked me over the uh, over the years, how come you never go to Arrowhead? I love the home viewing ex- experience way more. Uh, attending a Sunday game is just hell for me because then you don't you can't really pay attention to all of the other games and listen wi-fi at the stadiums they're not the best so in general uh it's just hard to even i like paying attention to all the other games when i have the chiefs game on like a sunday game uh i'm paying attention to all of the other games as well um majority of my focus is on the chiefs but that's why i like attending a primetime game better because at least no other games are happening at the time um with that said uh, I was completely unaware of this whole Jawan Taylor thing until I got home. I saw the reactions on Twitter and they had, I can't remember his name, but the, um, the uh, rules expert for NBC, he got on and talked about how uh, the defensive line ha- has a big disadvantage because Jawan Taylor is, you know, getting away with these weird things. Nick Wright, who got destroyed on his show today on Fox sports, uh, Nick Wright said that Lane Johnson this is something he does frequently and no one says anything about it. Apparently, Jawan Taylor has done the exact same thing uh, in years past with the Jaguars and no one said anything about it. Um, that's something I would need to look into. But I I mean, listen, I don't think Nick Wright would just come on and make up bullshit. He might have some very biased predictions. Uh, but in terms of like, you know, what Jawan Taylor has done in years past or what Lane Johnson has done. I, I mean, I don't think he would lie about that. There's, there's a thing called video that you can look up. So I don't have NFL plus. Um, maybe I'll need to invest in that because I would be very curious to know if, um, if other offensive tackles do it. And for whatever reason, maybe just Jawan Taylor gets the, um, 
gets the attention for uh, for for all of that. A uh, couple other notes, and I'll get to your guys' comments. I appreciate you guys being patient. Um, I know I have not read a single comment yet. Uh, okay, Chris Jones sitting in the suite front row watching his team. Uh, so Chris Jones did note that he could be at the game, and he said he could be either be on the sidelines or in a suite. This was him at the Ronald McDonald house Wednesday for Red Wednesday. I was really confused when he said that. Uh, I was like, wait a minute. You're under contract. You you obviously are, want more money. Um, and you're going to attend the game? This is a weird holdout. This is quite the holdout. Um Okay, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I was not quite sure how to react. Uh, then he's at the game in between his agents. I don't even know, like, how do you, how do you respond to that? Uh, that, to me, uh, in the history of the sport, okay, how many times have you seen an active player under contract show up to a game but sit in the stands? Okay, he was in the suite, not the stands. But still, he's he's in a place where, you know, the average Joe is still there. Okay, maybe this average Joe has more money than other people. But, he, I mean, like, a, there's a guy in front of him with a Super Bowl 57 hat. Okay? He's in a place where, you know, I, again, I'm sure there were security behind the suites there but dude he's sitting in a place where you know i could i could sit if i wanted to buy a ticket to that area um i'm at a loss of words for this uh i shared what bart scott said bart scott you guys all know who bart scott is the uh the official chiefs hater right um bart scott had a lot to say uh, and if I can pull this up, I don't know why Facebook freaked out for a second there. That was weird. Um, how many TVs do I have? I, I, I don't know. I lost countless. <laughs> um, yeah. So Bart Scott twice called Chris Jones selfish multiple times calls Chris Jones selfish multiple times says that Chris Jones showing up with his agents to the game in a suite is making it about himself. And this is, by the way, you know, 24, okay, maybe not 24 hours, but 36 hours before kickoff, Chris Jones, he does a press conference in front of the Ronald McDonald house. Uh, and he's telling the media Hey, uh, you know, I could have done a hold in, but that would have been a distraction. Well, what is this? Is this not a distraction? I mean, Bart Scott is a former player. Listen, here's the thing. Like, I know a lot of people don't like certain former players when they're on the mic, whether it's for a game or in studio, whatever. But here's why I think it's important to have former broadcasters or excuse me, former players as sports broadcasters or as podcasters and bloggers. Uh, and, and even if there are athletes that don't do uh, broadcasts or podcasts, um, you still see a lot of former athletes on Twitter giving their opinions on things. And I appreciate that because you actually get to go into the mind of a former player 
and you understand, you know, these are guys who've been in the locker room, in practice, in the trenches, in games, on the sidelines. So you know what they're thinking. Maybe, you know, other players have had that kind of conversation before. Dude, what are Chiefs players saying in the locker room about Chris Jones? I, I know the PR answer is, oh, we don't pay attention to that. Bull fucking shit. They, they are aware of that, okay? If you have a teammate who is the best player at his position and one of the best players in the... Chris Jones was a top 10 player on the NFL top 100 list. He is present at the stadium in a suite, a very fancy schmancy suite, and he's not on the field. I don't know what kind of holdout this is, Okay, sure. He wanted to be there for the um, for the for the banner. Okay, fine, whatever. I, I don't like that. That's not a good look. Um, I have. Uh, I, I usually don't watch a lot of these shows. First take, first things first, undisputed, whatever. I have tried to switch the channel frequently because I really want to know. Um, what are all of these people saying? And I've also been listening on talk radio uh, to hear what people are saying about Chris Jones. The response is not very good. Um, Chris Jones is facing more backlash today nationally than uh, Kadarius Tony. I feel like it's kind of 50-50 with, um, with Chiefs fans about Chris Jones uh, and uh, KT in terms of, you know, amount of backlash. But my God, man, outside of Kansas City, people are lighting up Chris Jones. And, you know, Pat McAfee said the, the optics of this look horrible. Um, a lot of other people have said you're just sending a bad message to your own team. I mean, this is you putting the middle finger up to every single teammate and every coach and every member of the front office. And you're basically saying you're basically telling them, you that's what you're saying I, I i i don't like that uh listen let me just say this because i have said before that i think the chiefs should just go ahead and trade chris jones the reason i have been on that train is because i don't see a resolution happening i just don't when you threaten a week an eight week holdout that tells me you're not getting anything done um, might as well trade him now. Pat McAfee said something interesting today. Um, he said that if things do not continue to progress with Chris Jones, perhaps you could use Chris Jones to get some offensive help if the offense continues to struggle like this. I agree. Listen, I don't want to jump to conclusions. I like the receiving core. I've been a fan of these wide receivers since the start. Um, I, I was really bummed out. Amir Smith-Marset uh, got traded. But you know, if the, if the wide receivers continue to struggle like this, even if Travis Kelsey returns, then yes, I am in favor very strongly of what Pat McAfee said. Um, you trade Chris Jones and get some, uh, get some help on, um, on offense. Uh, especially if the defense continues to play well. I mean, obviously they got some things to work on with the yardage, but the points, man, you only allow two touchdowns on defense. So, it's um it was tough to watch. Uh Ben says, oh, here we go. Idiot Andy lost the game for the Chiefs. Lines didn't do much to win. The idiotic play callings lost the game. Run the freaking ball. 
Um, okay, I agree with running the ball. I have already mentioned that. But I don't think Andy Reid lost the game. The wide receivers need to step up. The offensive line cannot be committing penalties when you make a big play like that. You just can't. By the way, Travis Kelsey, who obviously did not play, um, he's on the sidelines. And not just on the sidelines. He's the first one right there to high five or fist bump a teammate after a, a significant play. Um, man, it's just like th- that's the definition of a leader right there. And not to mention, in this, uh, just a couple of months ago, he told Vanity Fair in that interview he he'd rather take less money and win. Uh, look, maybe if he if Chris Jones was on another team, this would not look as bad. But when you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, not money hungry, and I know they got a lot of endorsements, so that helps. But it's not like Chris Jones doesn't have endorsements. He just did a direct direct TV uh, commercial with um, with Travis Kelsey. Uh, he, we saw him in the McDonald's commercials in the preseason. Uh, I know on his social media, he's promoted a few uh, few companies. So I don't think Chris Jones is hungry. I mean, he's not getting the big major ones. Like Patrick Mahomes is on, uh, I mean, he's on State Farm, uh, T-Mobile, uh, Subway. Like he's every, like you, you cannot turn on your TV and not see a Patrick Mahomes commercial anywhere doesn't matter if it's sports politics news uh regular uh tv programming you just see patrick mahomes everywhere um uh, i don't know it's just not a good look anthony says bring in justin ross a lot of people have said this uh look um there's a lot of hype behind him and by the way, the question out there has been asked, why did we barely see him? Look, the guy has not played. Uh, sure, he was in the preseason games, but he has not played a real football game in almost two years. Um, You know, it, it's almost like driving a car for the first time. You don't just uh, you don't just start uh, driving right on the highway, okay? Uh, you got to, you know, start in the parking lots. You, you kind of learn the ins and outs there. Then you uh, go to smaller streets, and eventually you go to bigger streets. Then you get on the highway, and, you know, you build more and more experience. Then you have to ease your way back in with Justin Ross a bit. Um, you got to give him every opportunity to feel comfortable uh, because once you do that, I think, yeah, if, if the issues continue, even, even if the issues don't continue, you need to see more Justin Ross with all the hype coming in. This guy was supposed to be a first-round pick. So, yeah, I, I, I like to see that. Uh, Walter says, why don't they use Blaine Gabbert for a quarterback sneak? Um, well, let me ask this, and I guess there are ways to, to go about it and succeed in it, with it. Um. If you bring in Blaine Gabbert on third and short or fourth and short, aren't you making it maybe too obvious? By the way, I love the idea of, oh, why don't we just bring in Blaine Gabbert for the QB sneak? Yeah, because we're so afraid of Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, hey, Blaine Gabbert, you come in and do the sneak. Oh, if you get hurt, no big deal. As long as Patrick Mahomes does not get hurt. It's kind of just funny. Man, Patrick is tough. I know I've already said this on the podcast already, but it's worth repeating. Patrick is a tough guy, okay? He played the entire postseason with a bad ankle. He can run a quarterback sneak. The fact that he isn't, and by the way, the way they lined up before uh, Blake Bell got under center, I'm watching that the way they lined up. I'm like, man, I already know what's going to happen. Blake Bell is going to go under center. Now, I did not know they were going to go for the jet sweep, but man, 
Uh, it's just the, the the Chiefs just have just kind of become way too obvious at this point. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of uh, this comment lately. Christopher says trade Chris Jones for Mike Evans. Um, I've always liked Mike Evans for a very long time, um, even before uh, Brady got there. Uh, and then obviously he got some help with Antonio Brown being there. Um, uh, Gronk, uh, so th- that, that obviously helped, but Mike Evans has been great even before those guys. Doesn't he have like six or seven straight seasons of a thousand receiving yards? Yeah, so he's been with the Bucks since 2014. Hold on, let me count this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. Okay, I said, I said six or seven, uh, nine years. Every single year he's been in the NFL, he has caught a thousand receiving yards 2020 he had his fewest with 1006 yards again that's an offense that was actually stacked with Gronk and a b and a few other guys um still surpassed a thousand yards and he had 13 touchdowns uh that year he had 14 touchdowns in 2021 um now with brady moving uh or no they, they had brady last year uh kind of a big step back year for tampa bay and especially tom brady which led to his retirement but uh he had a a, a quiet year last year with the end zone but still had 1100 receiving yards yeah i'm i'm not opposed man um he's 30 years old that's not young but that's also not terribly old either this guy is six five this might be the tallest receiver you you could get in quite some time, that you look at some of the receivers the Chiefs have had in the past, um, no one's. Um, uh, I don't think the Chiefs have had a receiver as tall. Was really hoping to see breaking news: Chiefs trade Chris Jones. How can you claim to be a team guy and just sit out and virtually and watch you, your guys battle? Uh, I hope it ripped his guts out. Not no. I mean, listen, the fact the fact that the Chiefs lost was a great day for him. Now, defensively, it wasn't really um, wasn't really. Oh, oh I, I think, Justin, what you're trying to say is the defense did play well. OK, no, I get your point. Yeah, that had to hurt for Chris Jones. One hundred percent. Joshua says, told you the Lions were legit. Um, uh, listen, it, this is not me trying to like. Uh, what's the word? I'm not trying to slight anybody. Uh, Joshua, with all due respect, I don't recall you saying that. Um, listen, uh, just today alone, and by the way, shout out to Lions fans, they're a big reason for this. Um, there are 10,000 comments on the Facebook page today, and the last seven days. We've had 24,000 comments. I truly do not get to see every single comment like I would like to. Uh, back when we only had a few thousand followers on the page, we were I was able to maybe do more of that. Um, but look, I, I've said the Lions are legit too. If you guys pay attention to what I've been saying, I picked the Lions to not only win the NFC North, I have the Lions going to the NFC Championship game, losing to Philadelphia. So I agree, the Lions are legit. I just did not think they were going to uh, beat the Chiefs in this one. Um, I agree, Joshua. Uh, yeah, when Pat's leading the team in rushing, Pat Patrick Mahomes almost had more rushing yards than Marquez Valdez Scantling had receiving yards, and he was your leader in receiving yards. That's that's not good. That is not good. Um, oh boy, I I I I'm not gonna get this right, but Venkat Swara. Venkat Swara ready? I hope I said that right. Obviously, there are no excuses for the QB sneaks, but Coach 
Reed, I don't know why you put Reed in capitals in quotes, got a jackpot in Patrick Mahomes after a very long, unsuccessful career. He won't risk it. Okay, nice, I suppose, man. But here's my question. What are you risking? You know, can someone please tell me, like on on a quarterback sneak, what happens? Okay, one freak accident with Patrick Mahomes. Okay, but come on. Jordan says, why did CEH start over Pacheco after what Pacheco did last season? Uh, Okay, this is a good question here. Um, We talked about this in the the, um, roundtable podcast I did Tuesday night. The the depth chart doesn't mean shit, okay? It doesn't. Um, You have Clyde Edwards-Alaire as your number three running back, and he started the game. Um, Excuse me. Here's another thing. Um, who, who starts a game doesn't really matter either. It it honestly doesn't. And here's why. If you're a running back, a wide receiver or a tight end, uh, maybe you start the game with a certain play. Um, maybe the chiefs, this is a hypothetical example. Let's say Travis Kelsey plays next week. He has a total of 10 days to, uh, to be ready for it. Let's say, um, Let's say the Chiefs against the Jaguars, their first offensive play is Mahomes under center, Pacheco in the backfield, and then you have Valdez Scantling as a receiver. Then you have three tight ends. You have uh, Kelsey, you have Noah Gray, and you have Blake Bell. Those are the the uh, five uh, skill position players for your first snap of the game. Noah Gray gets a statistical start for that. Blake Bell gets a statistical start for that. Um, and the Chiefs only started one receiver in that game, technically. Um, so when when we talk about starts for receivers, running backs, and tight ends, I don't really look too much into that. I don't think it means much. Um, so, uh, and I don't mean to disregard your your question, Jordan. It is a good question. Um, I, I think a better question would be why are we seeing more of Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Um, I think the Chiefs still see something in him. I really do. Um, if they're not calling that on Taylor, then who cares? How many times have we seen other teams do that to us, especially starting early when it's loud? Clearly, they give more leeway on that now than they used to. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I'm, I l- Listen, I, it was a surprise to me, and I have not had a chance to look too much into it. Apparently, Lane Johnson does it, so... Kristen says, uh, Tony struggled. It happens. He didn't have enough practice. He is getting crucified on social media. Yeah, this is a good point. I did not mention this. I know Patrick Mahomes said it in the press conference that he didn't. He essentially did not have a training camp. He got hurt on the first day of training camp. Uh, how much of that plays a role? I don't know. Uh, I'd like to think that, you know, no matter how much practice you miss, that shouldn't be a reason to drop passes. Um, I don't know. Uh, I never played in the NFL. So, uh, I can't really, um, I can't really, uh, I can't really speak to that. Kevin says drops aside. Uh, was this more of a game plan or play calling issue with the offense offensive ineptitude? Um, I would say neither. I think just the, just the will, just the want to try to win. I like that, that killer instinct was missing, Kevin. I think that um, 
I think that's what led to the struggles in this game. I hope that makes sense. Uh, I thought McKinnon got a couple snaps. Um, I know he had a drop in that one, which, you know, I wasn't really like too worked up over it because it was on third down. It was going to be short anyway. So receiving corp has gone from the Legion of Zoom to the Legion of Glue. Oh, yeah. Well played, Kevin. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, guys, I know I'm really behind on the comments, so I apologize. Uh, I'm going to skip over and try to get to some topics that maybe no one's asked about yet. Yeah, I apologize. I'm, I'm just trying to get some good comments here. Joshua says Bolton, you know, hit on Montgomery was a plus. I thought Willie Gay played, played pretty well, too. I, I really do. Um. And again, you know, how much can those two linebackers cover up for the absence of Chris Jones in the middle? Um, I think that is, you know, something we'll find out next week. Um, listen, I, 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 again, defense played great, but I'm not going to sit here and say they don't need Chris Jones. It's one game. Just like how, you know, I'm looking at Kadarius Tony, and I'm not going to say, well, you know, uh, the Chiefs need to get rid of him because of one bad game. Um I'm very curious to see how they do the uh, in uh, next week's game against the Jaguars. Uh, okay, I already read this comment. Um, Nagy wasn't a good offensive coordinator the first time around before he left for the Bears. Really? I, I don't know, Kevin. I, I don't. I don't agree. Um, I mean, listen, that led to him getting a head coaching job, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is really scratchy, man. You know that Arrowhead. That arrow had a roar, right? 142.2. I barely had a voice this morning, so I'm, I'm even surprised. Uh, I'm even surprised I'm doing this podcast. I just didn't want to drop the ball for you guys. Ha <laughs> ha. See what I did there? Um, terrible joke. Terrible joke. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Kevin. I just don't agree. Uh, he won coach of the year. Um, you know, I, I think he did not do a good job with play calling in Chicago. But listen, when you're the head coach and the play caller, you're just taking on too many responsibilities. And as, as just an OC, yeah, that's less duties for you. Um, look, in 2017, when Nagy was given play calling duties for the last four games, the Chiefs went 4-0. Unfortunately, the playoff game just went bad, really bad. So I think there's a chance for, uh, for Nagy to uh, prove uh, that he can be an even better offensive coordinator with Patrick Rollins as a quarterback. Yeah, I, I agree, Steve. There was no, uh, it just seemed like the Chiefs did not have that killer instinct. I do agree with you. Danny says, my thing is we played horrible. If we played our best football, we would have won. Listen, if the Chiefs play their best football week in and week out, they win every game. I would argue that the uh, games that the Chiefs have lost with Mahomes, like there have been a couple of times where, you know, the, the Chiefs just lost because they were not the better team in that game. But oh, there goes my light. Um, but in general, though, like a lot of the losses... I feel like it's because the Chiefs shoot themselves in the foot. Like the game against the Rams where both teams scored in the 50s. Well, you committed uh, so many turnovers in that game. I think it was five or six in that game from the Chiefs side of things. Um, the game against the Chargers, uh, the, the last time the Chiefs lost to the Chargers, 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think, threw four interceptions, or he, th- no, uh, what was it? Um, I think it was four turnovers total with the from the offense. Patrick threw three interceptions or two. I don't remember. Uh, my point is the Chiefs committed four turnovers in that one. Like, the Chiefs shot themselves in the foot. Same thing here with the drops. Same thing in Super Bowl 55 with the drops and uh, the, the the bad play calling. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I feel like, you know, under Mahomes, the Chiefs are really the best team in the NFL. Or I should say with Mahomes. Um, whenever they lose, it, it, I just feel like it's because they do it to themselves. And again, that's not to take credit away from Detroit. By the way, I forgot to mention the, the Mike Tirico comment where he says that this is an asterisk uh, because the Chiefs did not have Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. <sighs> okay, let, let's just say Chris Jones was injured for this one, okay? I know he's holding out, but let's just say it was an injury. In sports... Injuries are part of sports in a very unforgiving way, okay? In a sport like the UFC, MMA, okay? If your opponent has uh, has a, a shoulder, a bad shoulder, and he's willing to fight, what do you do as the opponent? You target that shoulder. Um, if he has a bad ankle, well, guess what? You should absolutely target the ankle and go for a heel hook in the fight. Um, that's what you're supposed to do in a sport like MMA. In a sport like football, obviously, if you're injured um, to a point like, you know, like Travis Kelsey with his knees, you're obviously not going to play. Well, what do you do if you're Detroit? You take advantage of it. Um, every single team deals with injuries. And you know what every single team does? Whenever a team is missing a player because of injuries, they take advantage of that. I thought it was really stupid and unprofessional of Mike Tirico to say that the Lions have an asterisk next to their name, next to their win. I don't like that. Uh, Listen, the Chiefs have won games against teams who were missing. You know what, uh, what, 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 um, what I find funny last year in week one, the Chiefs go on the road and they beat the Arizona Cardinals. And what did Raiders fans say? Oh, it's just the Cardinals. Any or Anyone could beat them. Well, what happened a week later? The Raiders go into Arizona and they choke in overtime to the Raider, or to the Cardinals. Um, so all of a sudden, the whole narrative of, oh, it's just the Cardinals, you know, that kind of backfired. Y- you never apologize for winning in the National Football League. It doesn't matter. By the way, remember when Patrick Mahomes had to miss a couple of games because of that knee injury we talked about from the freak accident? Um, Patrick Mahomes, when he was absent, Matt Moore, he finished the Broncos game off and the Chiefs won. The Chiefs were very close in that Packers game, despite having Matt Moore. And then the following week, the Chiefs beat the Vikings. So again, without Patrick Mahomes. So injuries really are not an excuse in the NFL anymore. They're really not. Um, uh, I don't like when people take credit away from a, uh, another team when a team won. I don't care if the Chiefs beat themselves in this game, which they did. You still give the Lions credit for taking advantage of that and winning. Um, remember Tim Tebow when he threw that touchdown pass against the Steelers on the first play of overtime? 
people, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, the safety fell for the, the Paulo Malo, I think, uh, w w was the guy. Oh, well, he fell for the play action. He, they, they, that's why he got the easy touchdown. Yeah, that's football. You're, you have to take advantage of that. How many times do you think Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, any elite quarterback in the history of the sport has taken advantage of a defensive back falling for a play action play? That's what you're supposed to do. So Detroit, yeah. Uh, did they have have it a little easy without Kelsey and Jones? Sure. But you're still going on the road on banner night and you spoil, you you beat the reigning champions. I don't like when people take credit away from other people. I think that's bullshit. I really do. Um, this is probably the biggest win in the last 30 years the Lions have had. And I would say the, uh, the second biggest win was their most recent win, where they prevented the Packers, a rival, from making it into the playoffs. So... I thought that was just unprofessional by Mike Tirico. I forgot to get into that. I'm glad I uh, remembered to uh, make a point of that because I thought that was just, I thought that was bullshit. Um, when you win, you win. Winning in the NFL, so many players have said this, so I sound like a broken record repeating it. Wins are not easy in the NFL, especially on the road, especially on banner night on the road. The Lions did exactly that. They won. Um I just don't agree with the um, with that kind of criticism. Javier says they were in the red zone with fourth down, and if they score a touchdown, we go up by ten, but we made a field goal instead. See, this is what I'm saying, man. I, I said that earlier. You, you know, you had an opportunity to go up two scores and you didn't, and then in the end of the game, you had an opportunity to win because you were down by just one point and you had two possessions, and you couldn't get anything out of either of those. And, uh, you know, the next comment from Joshua shot themselves right in the foot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, a lot of criticism about Matt Nagy today. So, um, I, I, you know, this is just one comment kind of representing all the others. Uh, yeah, man. I, I, I can't I can't blame this game on the coaches. I, I I really can't. I'm surprised a lot of you guys blame it on the coaches. Um I don't know. That's just me. I I, I listen, I mean what what can the coaches do when you're dropping all those passes? Uh Chiefs too focused on running back to the Super Bowl. They need to worry about getting the team in, in sync. And, yeah. And listen, I think Mahomes has done multiple interviews, multiple press conferences, multiple interviews where he has said he's over last year. He's done with it. He's moved on. He got his ring. They visited the White House. By the way, they showed the um, during the Super Bowl banner drop, they had a nice video package and they they're showing the highlights and all that stuff. And then they show the ring ceremony and then they show the White House visit. And there were some there were some booze. So I remember uh, attending a uh, WWE event once and um, they did a video package of um, so many celebrities thanking the WWE for the tribute to the troops that they do. It was just like a generic video package they show at the arenas. They don't show, ever show that stuff on TV. And uh, they showed George Bush. Um, I think it had been a year after his presidency. Uh, they showed George Bush, you know, saying thank you to WWE. 
and people are booing him. He's like, oh boy. Uh, don't forget Jones in his Twitter BS with D Hop and 95 is a late. Oh boy. Tell us how you really feel, Justin. He thinks he has leverage. He doesn't. At some point, his teammates won't have his back. They may not even anymore at this point. See, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like, if you're a player on that team, especially on defense, what are you thinking? I mean, listen, these guys, I get they're professional athletes, but they're also human. Like, they, their brain works the same way our brains work. Um, We don't... We're all thinking the same thing. Like, there's no way, you know, and I listen. Uh, for those of you that may not be as familiar with this, what is uh, what what is the point of having a public relations department? Well, when something goes wrong or when there's something when there's drama, you have to uh, help maybe find a way to kind of uh, provide a, a good response for those kinds of things. That's what the PR department does. The PR department, uh, I'm sure they are forming a strategy, and I'm sure they've already done so by now, to try to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they basically found a way to train the team. So whenever Patrick Mahomes does his press conference on Monday, um, they will talk to Patrick and they'll say, hey, Patrick, you're going to get asked about Chris Jones being in attendance. Here's what you need to say. Oh, we still like him. We'll welcome him back. He's still a part of our team. Which, you know, I mean, bullshit. You know, if he was really part of your team, wouldn't he be on the field with you guys, at least on the sidelines, now with his freaking agents? I digress. <laughs> um, okay, this is a good question. Why keep throwing to KT who keeps dropping passes? Well, first of all, he's supposed to be your number one receiver. And he's getting wide open. I heard Stephen A. Smith say, you know, Mahomes didn't have any help because receivers were not getting open. If that's the case, then how, how are you dealing with so many drops? I don't agree that the Chiefs receivers were not getting open. Do I think there were problems at times getting open? Yes. But, you know, when you have as many drops as, as the Chiefs had, um, obviously you're getting open. I mean, KT near the end, Sky more near the end. You you don't get more open than that. And it wasn't just those two plays. I thought, you know, there was more of that. Um, the pick six, you know, I mean, he wasn't necessarily wide open, but there's nobody there stopping him from completing that catch, uh, pulling it in, you know. Kaylee says wide receivers should be catching the ball regardless. Um, okay, so I know I'm just reading the comment now. This is almost from an hour ago. I don't know if this is in reference to maybe some of the high passes that Mahomes threw or that bad behind the back pass. Listen, um, there are certain times where a ball might be in the area of a receiver, but they are just so difficult to, ca to catch, and that's on that's on the quarterback. Um, I, I just felt like the Chiefs, um, you know, they, the offense was not in sync, especially in the second half. Yeah, I, I, see, I agree, Joshua. You, you, a good offense helps a good defense and vice versa. Uh, they really do. Um, I thought the defense did everything possible to win this game. Do I think they allowed too many yards? Yes. But they didn't allow a lot of points. You know, the Minnesota Vikings, before they added Jared Allen in a trade with the Chiefs, the Vikings had this really weird team where... 
they were the worst in pass offense and pass defense, but they were the best in running the ball and the best in run defense. Um, And in general, their total offense was bad and their total defense was bad, but they've been, they were really good at scoring and they were really good at not allowing teams to score on them. The Chiefs defense last night reminded me of the Minnesota Vikings in the mid to late 2000s. I don't know if you guys recall that team very well. Um, that's kind of what the uh, the Chiefs reminded me of last night of, of that um, of that uh, Minnesota team. Chiefs are a below average team without Frank Clark, Chris Jones, and Kelsey. Chiefs will be nine and eight. Oh, I don't know about that, Ben. You know, here's something I haven't mentioned. Everybody else, um, like everyone worldwide is saying the Chiefs will be okay, and I agree. Um, look, all the overreactions about Matt Nagy and, you know, uh, uh, Kadarius Tony, release him, cut him, trade him, like all these things. Look, these are fixable problems, okay? It's, it's not like... Um, it's not like Mahomes was overthrowing everyone every play. It's not like the Chiefs were just locked down, covered every single play. It wasn't anything like that. The Chiefs just shot themselves in the foot. When you hurt yourself in these kinds of losses, these are very fixable, okay? How do the Chiefs go about fixing it? They they have a 10-day window to fix it. So it's a lot of time to 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 fix a, a, an issue like drops, right? I hope so, at least. Okay, I'm going to read a couple more and then get out of here. Oh, this is a really good question from Amarion. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Let's talk about the fake punt they took. Uh, yeah, Dan Campbell is very well known for fake punts uh, going forward on fourth down. Um the Chiefs were not prepared for that. They, 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 I don't care what anyone says. The Chiefs were not prepared for that. After that fake, the Chiefs were ready for it every single time. And the Lions did that weird thing where they would, um, they would slowly line up to the line of scrimmage for a punt, just to kind of mess with the Chiefs. Uh, which that's what you should do. Um, Javier says uh, they still had all three timeouts. Okay, so I think you're referring to my comment about. Um, going for it on fourth and 25. Okay. Uh, but Javier, realistically, if the, let's say the Chiefs punted, do you really think they get the ball back? I don't think, um, I don't think, uh, anything changes in that situation. I just don't. Uh, the punt runs the clock down to two minute warning. So one first down wins the game as it, yeah, see, this is what I was saying, Dave. I said the exact same thing. Um, I actually agreed with going for it, but kind of knew we didn't have the receiving options to get it without a bit of a miracle. And see, that's a crazy thing, Dave. Like, you're right. Fourth and 25, what are the odds of you converting? Pretty damn low. Pretty damn low. But Mahomes did give him a chance in, in, in the end there. He did. He absolutely did. These are new age Chiefs fans that don't know shit. We have seen this before with the Royals. Yeah, yeah. 
By the way, I love when I get comments from uh, non-Chiefs fans. Oh, you must be a bandwagon Chiefs fan. Yeah, I mean, I started podcasting about the Chiefs back in 2007. It was the first ever Chiefs podcast to hit the internet. So, yeah, sure, I'm a bandwagon Chiefs fan. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying you said it, Justin, but... Um, I do agree. I mean, there are... Listen, Chiefs fans have been around a while. It's just Chiefs fans have decided to be far more vocal now because they're doing so great. Um, let me just say this. I know there are lots of chiefs blogs and podcasts out there ever since the Mahomes era, which is cool. I, I, I really do think it's cool. Um, there's going to come a time in a day where the chiefs will, will be bad again. Are those same podcasters going to be around? Cause I remember when the chiefs had that weird three and four start in 2021. Oh boy. There were a lot of podcasters on Twitter who pretty much admitted that they were not motivated to do a podcast because the team was doing bad. Hey, you guys know me, man. When the Chiefs win and lose, I bring the same energy. And if you followed me long enough, you already know that about me. Um, I think it's funny. Detroit Lions fans are like, oh, you're silent today. Uh, I'm al- I've also been accused of posting too much today. Um, okay, I'm going to read one more comment. Let's end on a good one here. Uh, Dan, I don't think I've read a comment from you today, Dan. Uh, remember last year when everyone said Bucker was done and needed to move on? Remind me how many field goals and PATs he's missed so far this year. That's a really good question. Um, and I'm going to include the preseason with this because field goal kicking doesn't change from the preseason to the regular season. Unless you change your holder or your long snapper. Uh, the Chiefs have had the, the same guys for uh, for a couple of years now. Um, no, this is a great point. Uh, you know, Harrison Butker, I think he's looking good. Um, l- look, I'm surprised by the amount of people that wanted him gone because of last year. The guy came back still in pain, still with a bad ankle. Um, and by the way, in that same game where he got hurt, still made a 54 yard field goal, despite the stutter step to kick it. It's like, come on, man. And he also made the longest field goal in Chiefs history when he came back from injury. Um, is he going to have his misses? Yeah, sure. I don't know a single kicker that kicks at least 15 or 20 field goals and goes 100%. Um, so he'll have his misses. Um, that'll happen. That'll happen. All right. Um, if you guys commented today and I did not get to it, I apologize. Um, so many comments today. This was not a traditional Red Friday live chat because I did my recap at the same time. So we did not get a chance to go over as many comments here. Um, I'll probably do another uh, live stream on Sunday uh, before Sunday night football. Um, just to kind of make up for it. So if you guys uh, maybe had a question and I just did not uh, look, I'm just scrolling. There are tons of comments I did not get to today. So again, I apologize. Um, Today was a different Red Friday live chat. So that's why I did not get to as many comments as I would have liked to have. um, I would have liked to have uh, gotten to. So I appreciate you guys uh, who did join again. I apologize if I did not get to your comment today. Um, but we will. Uh, I'll do. I'll do a makeup live stream on Sunday. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about um, the Chiefs more. Uh, we can talk about Joe Burrow and that contract because there are already people out there wondering: Could the Chiefs maybe uh, up uh, uh, pay Patrick more than Joe Burrow? But I don't know. Uh, that, that's that's always interesting to talk about. So we'll talk about that and a lot more in Sunday's live stream. We'll do it. Uh, we'll do it uh, after the last game for the afternoon slate and then before Sunday Night Football. We'll do a little short live stream there. All right. My name is Farzi Vasugan. Appreciate you guys joining me for this episode of the Chief Zone slash Red Friday live chat. 
We'll be okay. We'll be okay. We're still winning the Super Bowl. For those of you that are listening to the podcast version, I got my Super Bowl shirt on. That was intentional. All right, I'm out of here, guys. Have a good weekend. Take care.